We're going to be in the book of Deuteronomy. It's near the beginning, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and the Deuteronomy, the fifth book, part of the Pentateuch. We're going to be in chapter 16. We're just going to be in the last third of it. Not as much scripture as maybe we've had in the, in the past weeks, but I just believe this is the, the, the part we're going to focus on today, and God's just uh, going to hopefully use that to, to give us encouragement that we may need today. Let's just read 16 and 17. Start. Three times a year, all your men must appear before the Lord your God at the place he will choose. At the festival of unleavened bread, the festival of weeks, the festival of tabernacles, no one should appear before the Lord empty-handed. Each of you must bring a gift in proportion to the way the Lord your God has blessed you. This is the word of the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your written word. Lord, we thank you for your living word, Jesus Christ, in our lives, Lord, that we see every day. We're thankful for your spirit that continues the great work within us, Lord. We are thankful for the church body that you give us. We are just reminded today how important it is to be here for one another, how grateful we are to have such a wonderful family. We give these things over to you. We pray that you be with this message. May it be your message and your message alone. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to ask you today just to begin, what do you think of when I say tents? And everybody says camping, okay? See, that was good. You were paying attention. I thought maybe I somebody here some amens just out of habit or something. Like that. No. What do we think of when we say tents? We think of camping, right? We, we know that we go out, that it's a temporary shelter. We know that it is something that's maybe not the sturdiest of things over a long period of time, things that we wouldn't want to be in some kind of weather. And we know that we have a home that we go back to. We go from our home, we go out camping, we do this temporary thing in a tent, and then we go back home to what we have. The question we have today is, what do we do when there is no home to go back to? If we read through here, uh, chapter 16, and this is highlighting those three festivals, and starting with verse 13, it is speaking of the festival of tabernacles. Now, I don't know how familiar you, you are, familiar you are. This is one of the things that we have gotten from our recent trip. We were very privileged when we went to Israel that, that we were there during the week that is the holiday, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Booths, the Feast of Tents. You'll hear it in different ways. But it's a really, it is a special time. We see here that it's one of three times that they said you will go back to the place that was chosen, Jerusalem, that you will go back with your people, you will go back to celebrate and to truly honor God. We have the Passover, the Festival of Weeks, and the Festival of Tabernacles. This is a festival, a celebration, a great celebration we'll see in this passage. We see that the, that word in joy a lot. We'll see joy and celebration a lot. It is to remember. We spoke earlier of the importance of remembrance. I know our men's group speaks a lot of times about putting stakes in the ground, about remembering these things, the setting stones. We talk a lot about uh, of the importance of doing these things and then going back to them so we know that we know that we know that God has been there throughout 
You see, the Festival of Tabernacles is going back and highlighting a time that we see through the Old Testament that the Israelites had been brought out in Exodus under the bondage of slavery in Egypt under Pharaoh that Moses led them out. We see some wonderful narratives of that, of bringing them out, but then they get into this place of the desert and that they have wandered for 40 years. Now, if you know anything about geography and can look at a map, it should not take you 40 years to get from Egypt to where they were going in the promised land. It doesn't take a great cartographer to know that it doesn't take 40 years to get there. But again, it's not our timing. And there are consequences of our actions as well. But when they were in that time of wandering, they really did not have home. See, God had come. He had had the tent for his, the the tabernacle. And these that would gather around these Israelites, they had their own tents. And you've probably heard these stories of where the smoke was there during day and the fire was there for night. And when it would go out, it was time for them. They moved where God tells them to move and set up until the next time he tells them to move that they were just in this whole period, this whole time of wandering, but it's really just following where God would go and where he wanted them to go. You see, this time of remembrance for this, them of going back to these years, you might think that, wow, that's not a great time, right? It took them a long time to get there. They didn't really have homes. They didn't have a lot of food, right? But it's really about celebrating a God of provision. Celebrating a God that is present with them. See, that tabernacle, the main tabernacle that had God's presence, that glory, that cloud, that smoke, that fire there, was their, his presence with them. See, this was similar to as we're entering into this Thanksgiving time. This is their Thanksgiving. They're celebrating all that he has done. And we think about in that time, guess what God provided, right? Water, rock, check. We can take it off the list. We needed manna, we needed bread, check. Came every day. He could take it off the list. He provided for them. Even at this time, one of the things that we see throughout Deuteronomy that he would mention to them is that even their clothes did not wear out. Now, how many of you have 40-year-old clothes on right now? Now, I'm saying there might be some suits in here. I don't know. There's some times. Don't raise your hand. You don't have to feel like you have to raise your hand. But I know that I don't have a lot of clothes that are 40 years old. Because if I would go back, I don't think I can fit anything that I have when I was seven. So I don't think I have anything that big. But I do have some older clothes, right? Everybody's got those pieces of clothing in their, their closets. I know unless you're just one of those people that get rid of everything, if you have any pack rat within you at all, which I have some, you've seen my office, it's okay, um, you have things that you just don't want to get rid of. Now it's just because it's a nice IU sweatshirt, you would never want to get rid of that anyway. But if you really look closely, there's some stains, right? The, uh, and I know you can't see, but the, the collar, there is not a thread of stitch left. So there, I really have two collars on this shirt. It gives me twice as much fun. There, this is what it is, and I haven't worn this that many times, right? That it doesn't wear out. To think about, and, and this is how many times, uh, you know, I wore this maybe once, uh, twice a month. Didn't wear it in the summer at all, right? We have another one here, just because I love this shirt. This is why I bring it out so I can show it. This is my Barry Sanders jersey. Anybody remember Barry Sanders? Now this is what this was something to watch. It was fun. Now this this one is getting up there. This one's probably about. 
Oh, it's close to 30 years old, right? I don't know, not quite. And it's actually not in bad shape. It was pretty quality. It's got some fade. It's got some cracks. But I also only wear this shirt about once a year, okay? Uh, when I did, I haven't worn it. And I haven't worn it probably in about 10 years because I'd, I'd wear it. Guess what? Fantasy football draft. That's what you do, right? You, you wear those things. So it's still pretty good shape. But now when we think about what the Israelites, how many sets of clothes did they have? Most of them have one. Now, I don't know about you, if I'm out in the desert moving and doing all this stuff and taking my tent down and putting it up, it's not going to be doing very good after a week. And then, you know, I could have went in my wife's closet, and there's probably some t-shirts in there that you can see through, but I wouldn't do that. I'm smarter than that to bring that up, right, to show that. They're, they're, we all have those clothes we just can't get rid of. They're just so comfortable, you see through. But after 40 years of the same thing, going through the desert, and they would had no wear on them now that seems like just such a weird thing but you know what it's another evidence of god's provision because guess what they needed it god gives us what we need we need to ask him to provide what we need not what we want and he knows better what we need than we do that's a whole nother sermon they've people preached on many times but i just i loved that detail that we saw earlier and later in deuteronomy it's something he repeats a couple times now Again, when God repeats something, it's really important that we catch that. So it's important that we see these details in there. Celebrate the festival of tabernacles for seven days after you have gathered, gathered the produce of your threshing floor and your wine press. See, it's the end of their harvest as well. This is their harvest celebration. This is their thanksgiving in many ways. It says, be joyful at your festival. You, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, and the Levites, the foreigners, the fatherless, and the widows who live in your towns for seven days. You have thanksgiving for seven days? I don't think it'd be good, but it'd be cool. Uh, we will celebrate for seven days the festival to the Lord your God at the place the Lord will choose. For the Lord your God will bless you in all your harvest and in all the work of your hands, and your joy will be complete. We see some great New Testament connections. You see, we saw this. This is thousands of years ago. We saw faithful Jews on our plane that were going to Israel, going to Jerusalem with us. It was 90% Orthodox Jew on our plane out there, and they were going to celebrate. They were going to the place that God had given them to go. It says to bring these things. Do you know that they bring gifts just like this? They have four different things. One of them is like a little piece of citrus fruit that we found out from one person just talking to them. They had paid $1,000 for this special fruit to go over there to present as a gift that was going to rot later now that's not maybe the best stewardship right but to them they were giving of themselves because god had given to them he had provided for them they were giving out of their what they had they were able to do that it wasn't expected for they're able and they gave back because they knew that god had blessed them and see that again they're celebrating these tents they're celebrating temporary shelters because they knew that was not their home god said i'm going to give you another home so don't worry about living in these little tents right so that's the celebration when you go back to and, and to, to jerusalem now and, and many of these they were they they're called sukkahs sukkahs and you saw them everywhere 
They were temporary shelters that they built outside of their homes. They built on the lawns of buildings. We saw at our, at our hotel, they actually took the roof, they took the roof, and they built this huge tent on top that we had at our meals in those nights. That they took it seriously. That they wanted to remember that God had given them provision, even with these temporary structures that would fall apart. They were standing outside, they had little tables and chairs, they would eat their meals, some would even sleep in those. They were reminded, not only did he provide, but this is just a short time before we're really taken into where we are to go in a more permanent home. I think you can probably see where I'm going to go there a little bit. But before we go there, I was reminded of other tents, and it's a little bit harder. As you know, uh, I worked in Bloomington, and many of the times of my job that I would have to go and I would have to look at sites, and normally those are the best days because I got to go out and I got to walk in the woods and I got to look at trees and I looked for sinkholes and look for any other problems that were out there, look for springs, and you know, basically got paid for a day to go out and walk in the woods. It was pretty nice. That part was great. But one of the sites that I had not too long before I left it was this area, kind of looked like a football, and it was between two railroad tracks, and, and they were wanting to do some affordable housing there. And I went there, and I started walking around in the woods like normal. And then I came onto a small encampment. And you know what? It's one of those weird feelings where you know somebody else is there. And people, there was movement in the woods <laughs> that day. And people left. they were not wanting to be seen but you would go in and between these two trees there was a string and just a tarp and over here there was a, a tent with holes in it there were mounds of trash and you had a small group of people that were living there that really probably nobody else in the city even knew they were there they didn't want to be found they didn't want to be seen I can't even begin to, to assume why each one of them was living there. But it was hard to see, right? See, there's these temporary shelters, but for some people, they're not temporary. That's all they have. That's all they, that is the provision that they have brought upon. And that's not something we can celebrate, right? So I was thinking about just these two tents, these very different futures, these very different things, and it gave me a great sense of understanding of what the hope we have in Jesus. You see, those that are out there in this world, we are in tents now. I hope that we understand that, that we are living just in a temporary. We have the already but not yet, that God has something greater, something more for us in store, that we have an eternity with him, that we will be part of the house that he provides for us and live and dwell with him forever, right? This is not our home. We are in exile. We are wandering. Take whatever Old Testament really Thing that you want that shows we're not where we're going yet. We have not yet reached the promised land. We have not yet set up our permanent residence. And see, it's easier to celebrate living in a tent if you know where you are going. It's easier to celebrate living in a tent when you know that you have the presence and the provision 
of God with you. They were intense, but they had God in the tabernacle. But I think about those in this sermon's not about helping the homeless, because I think there's a whole lot more we should and could be doing. That we should see the heart and have and be the provision and be God to these. But this sermon is thinking about those tents as those that are out there that it is their permanent home. They don't have the hope of Christ in their life. They don't have the promise of what is next. We need to find those people. We need to have a heart for those people because Christ saw us in our tents. He came to dwell with us. I'm reminded of John 7. In John 7, it says, On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. He is our living water. We see later how often that we see him, that he is the bread of life, that he is the God of provision. 38 says, Who believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified you saw at the very first part of that it says on the last day of the great day of the festival guess what festival that was that jesus was speaking about in john 7 it's the feast of the tabernacles he was observing that his brothers had gone before and he was they were out to kill him and he kind of waited and slowly but he went and knowing that he could have been arrested but he he knows god was in control he knows he didn't have to worry about those things. He was going where he was supposed to go, where he was called to go. He was obedient, and he went and he spoke. And guess what? He didn't worry about what would happen to him. He just simply gave the good news of what was going to come through his life, death, and resurrection. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. See, just as they were in the, tab- in the, in the wilderness in the tabernacle. Water, check. Manna, He is the bread of life. Check. He provides for us the same now. And our tents are still temporary. We have a future and a hope in in Him. I was reminded of another passage, and and it's really translated poorly in in, in many translations, but uh, we still get the answer, or we still get the truths that we need from it. But in John 1, it says, The Word became flesh, and dwelt among them. Everybody heard, heard that passage before? The Word became flesh, the Word Jesus Christ, the Word, God's Word, it became a part of us. It became incarnate. It came to live with us. It came, it says, dwelt among us. That word there is not really dwelt. It can be translated that way. It's not it's bad, but it's better translated that he tabernacled with us. That's the same word of the feast. He tabernacled with us. He came in the temporary, knowing what was there, but he came so that we may have him. And then guess what? Not only that, but then he gave his spirit to stay with us, to be his guide, our guide, and to be our truth, to come and to speak through his word. He is so good at provision. You see, those that were homeless in that camp that I think back, they were isolated. But there's a difference between isolated with God and isolated without God. And so one 
we do want to celebrate, we do want to have joy, that we are isolated, that we are in our tents, that we're in this temporary part with Him, knowing the promise of His provision in our life, and also knowing the promise and provision for the life to come. Amen? He is so good to us. Are we tabernacling with or without God? Are we homeless, or are we just recognizing that our home has not yet become real for We have a God that loves us so much that he continues to show forgiveness. He continues to show compassion. The Israelites, they knew that because, man, they messed up time and time again. When they're out in that wilderness, I think there's some golden calves. There's some others. They just don't do a really great job of it. But God forgives. Not only does he forgive, he came to dwell among them. His glory was with them and led them by day and by night. He was with them to bring them into the hope and the future that he had, the plan that he had for them. And it is no less true today. He is our provision. He has come to be with us. In the person of Jesus Christ. In the Holy Spirit that he has given us. He continues to dwell among us. In the here and now. With the hope and the promise of what is to come. And we are in thanksgiving for that. We celebrate for that. We should have joy for that. We spend too much of our time worrying about our homes. We spend too much time worrying about the here and now and to miss sometimes His presence and His provision in our life. But when we get that, when we understand that these things, it's just a tent. It becomes a little less important of all the stuff. We get a little bit less, maybe, hopefully, frustrated. We get a little more patient all the things that we hear out there. Like Mike said, turn off the news. Don't become uninformed. We're supposed to be wise. We're supposed to do those things. But the world is yelling at us, and they want us to yell back. Instead of yelling, can we just have a moment of silence every once in a while that we allow God to speak to us as his body, as his people, that we may actually hear and do and actually bring his will into this place to bring his kingdom to this place? that we can be outside of what the world wants us to do and not fall into those traps and know that we are here only temporarily and that there is so much more for us in the future, but also that we need to make sure that we do not pass by all of these homeless camps that are out there and have a heart for those people that do not know Him, that there is a hope and a promise that we lose nothing by sharing in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We lose nothing by giving the truth that Jesus lived died, rose again, conquered death, not only for himself, but for each of us and those that are out there. That I want more brothers and sisters, we see the joy that it is to bring just one new Christian into this world, right? We see the joy that it is to bring one. Do you know how many people are out there that don't know him? That will bring joy. That is how we can celebrate. That's how we can say thanks. 
is let people know that tent doesn't have to be permanent. There is hope in the promise of Jesus Christ. Celebrate. Have joy. Focus on the things that are important. Live out a life that is pleasing to Him. He will show you timing. He will show you blessing. He will show you favor, not in the ways of the world, but in the ways of the heart. To have His love for others, His perfect love for others, that we may come to know our Lord and Savior in a way that is more important and more powerful than anything that this world could ever give us. Celebrate that joy we remember, and that is Jesus Christ. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for all that you do for us, Lord. We pray that our hearts are continually moved in the direction, whatever direction that you have. May we live our lives according to living in tents, Lord, to not stick in our roots into this world, but to stick our roots into you, God. May we move when your fire moves. May we move with the power of your fire, Lord, and not try to do it under the power of ourselves, Lord. Let us continually in your time. If it takes 40 years, it takes 40 years. If it takes 10 days, it takes 10 days. Lord, let us follow where you would lead us, and we know that we don't have to worry about it. We will get there when we get there, and you will bring us provision in the meantime, and you will bring us victory when that day has come. You are our God and we are your people. And for that, we celebrate and we give you glory and we give you honor and we give you praise. Let us be faithful to you, knowing that we may be in a tent now, but we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. We're so happy that you've chosen to listen to our sermon today on the platform of your choice. We at Cory Community Church of the Nazarene continue to honor our calling to be kingdom people. We rely upon the gift of the fellowship and community to equip each other to fulfill our mission of reflecting the love of Christ to all those that God has placed within our lives. We welcome you to join us on Sundays at 1030 a.m. in Cory, Indiana, just south of State Road 46. God bless.